This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Thursday, November 16th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today. High 65. Tonight, overnight, clear. Low 45. And then Friday, sun and clouds. High 66. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 41 and clear in Scarsdale up in Westchester County, 44 and clear in Asbury Park down in New Jersey, and it is 44 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Let's start this morning out in Long Island where people continue to be fascinated by this Gilgo Beach murder case. The suspect, Rex Yorman, back in court yesterday, and we learned some interesting things even more than we had 24 hours earlier where there was some fascinating information that was released for the first time since his arrest Hurman's estranged wife Asa Ellerup came to her husband's court appearance uh, she's expected to be in court every day going forward and here is the fascinating part about it is we thought she had asked for a divorce uh, their divorce has not gone through uh, she had asked to have the house signed over to her, which apparently Rex Yorman did very recently. We were told that she had a meeting with him behind bars for an hour a couple weeks ago. What was discussed, we do not know. But now we come to find out that Asa Ellerup believes her husband is not guilty. Here is Rex Yorman's lawyer after that court appearance yesterday. They were married for so many years and they raised a family together and... My understanding is is that she doesn't believe that he was capable or committed these acts. Uh, so he, he certainly appreciates that support. That is new information that we did not have before the prosecution. Yesterday, turning over more evidence, including lab work for the case, 13,000 photos from the search warrant. The court appearance lasted just a few minutes. But we now find out that apparently Suffolk County police were on the trail of somebody completely different and, according to the defense, were about to make the arrest of another person when they then arrested Rex Hewerman. So now they want to know more information about that. That deed to his house in Massapequa Park now handed over to his estranged wife. His wife, his family member, was able to see him and they talked. That that was important to him. I don't, I don't agree with the position that it's a strong case. Now, one point in the courtroom yesterday, Rex Hewerman, it was just a few minutes, this court appearance, he looked over at his uh, estranged wife and she smiled back. 
Bjorman, charged with the murders of three Gilgo Beach victims, the prime suspect in the fourth Gilgo Beach murder. He's pled not guilty back in court, not until February 6th of next year. Uh, chaos, confusion at the Port Authority bus terminal here in Manhattan last night. It was closed after a suspicious package was discovered. Of course, everybody on high alert with what's going on in the world. No details given to us as we come to air at 5.04 in the morning. But um, the suspicious suspicious package was called in about 10 o'clock last night. Most of the Port Authority's bus service was suspended, though some commuter rail lines underneath remained opened. The all-clear signal was given about 40 minutes later, and bus service quickly resumed with some delays. But everybody was told to get out of the Port Authority for about 40 minutes last night. No more details of anything was found, uh, but... Uh, if it is, if we get more details on that, of course, we'll pass them on to you. Big day in New Jersey in the Senate race that'll take place next year. No doubt you've been following the story of Bob Menendez, who's under um, uh, is uh, uh, facing federal bribery charges and uh, has said he's going to run again next year. But uh, Democrats, a lot of them want to push him out of the way. And one of the big ones will be First Lady Tammy Murphy. She's the wife of Governor Phil Murphy. Yesterday, she announced she's running to represent New Jersey in the Senate. Murphy looking to replace U.S. Senator Bob Menendez, who is under indictment, accused of bribery. The wife of Governor Phil Murphy, Tammy Murphy, posted a video to social media saying one of the issues she's most focused on is helping young moms, arguing she felt privileged when giving birth. The money in our family's bank account and, frankly, the color of my skin meant I could get the best care available. But that's not the case for a lot of women. Murphy also mentioned her past working in finance. I was the only woman at the table. A challenge that led me to work twice as hard. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. WABC News Time 505. We should also mention when we're talking about the commute this morning, uh, the Port Authority, Amtrak uh, telling us that all direct rail service between New York City, Albany, will resume today. Service had been affected for the last few days after part of a parking garage near the tracks in Manhattan collapsed. Travelers can still expect to deal with some minor delays until those tracks are fully restored. That's expected to take place on Saturday. Down uh, town City Hall, we're continuing to watch this fundraising probe surrounding Mayor Adams. A member of Mayor Adams' administration placed on leave yesterday after being accused of acting inappropriately. According to several reports, Rana Abasova, who had been working in the Office of International Affairs, had her behavior reported to federal investigators. It's unclear exactly what Abasova may have done wrong or if it's connected to this fundraising probe. A probe, of course, opens up into how money was raised for Mayor Adams' 2021 campaign and if money was illegally funneled from Turkey through a Brooklyn construction company into his war chest. He has not been charged with a crime. Uh, over in San Francisco yesterday, you had the big meeting between uh, President Xi and President Biden last night. This was about 1230 last night, so 930 California time. They were in San Francisco. Uh, President Biden holding a press conference to talk about what took place during their meeting. As you know, I just concluded several hours the meetings with President Xi. 
And I believe there are some of the most constructive and productive discussions we've had. Biden says the two built on the groundwork laid over the past several months of diplomacy. He says the two countries now will resume military to military talks as well as restoring cooperation on reducing the amount of fentanyl that's shipped directly from China. So today, with this new understanding, we're taking action to significantly reduce the flow of precursor chemicals and pill presses from China to the Western Hemisphere. It's going to save lives. And they talked about a bunch of different things. One of them was the mess in the Middle East. He says they both agree that a two-state solution is the path forward to peace in the Middle East. But I think the only ultimate answer here is a two-state solution. It's real. we got to get to the point where there is an ability to be able to even talk without worrying about whether or not we're just dealing with, uh, they're dealing with Hamas that's going to engage in the same activities they did over the past, uh, on, on the 7th. Yeah. And then there was a big protest there, as there always are around these big events. Because this is the only way that we can have our voices heard. That's right. That's right. Because they have left us no other choice. The uh, protesters outside the Chinese consulate in San Francisco condemning President Xi and China's human rights record. WABC News Time 510. Let's uh, check out the 2024 race for the White House. The New Hampshire first in the nation presidential primary will be on Tuesday, January 23rd. New Hampshire Secretary of State David Scanlon challenging the Democratic National Committee's view that the Granite State is out of touch. Using racial diversity as a cudgel in an attempt to rearrange the presidential nominating calendar is an ugly precedent. Yes, so the state's defying President Biden and the Democratic National Committee's plan to give South Carolina the party's first primary contest. Of course, that's where uh, Joe Biden won and began his uh, big wins when he was running for president in 2020. The first in the nation status is now being challenged by the Democratic National Committee due to alleged concerns over the lack of racial diversity in the state. No, I think he just said that. Scanlon says there's a rich history in New Hampshire, and the voters should be heard from there. New Hampshire has held the first in the nation presidential primary election for over 100 years. More than half of American voters want other candidates to join the 2024 presidential race, even though there are more than a dozen candidates vying to be the next president. This Quinnipiac poll released yesterday revealed 52 percent of voters would like more options, including 72 percent of independents. Clearly, when more than seven in 10 independents want to look at other candidates, that's an insult to both candidates. So it's not a great poll for us. 67% of Republicans say they'd like the current field of candidates, which includes party frontrunner Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley. If the race comes down to Donald Trump and Joe Biden today in this poll, Trump receives 48% and Biden gets 46%. So right now we're looking at a two-person race. I mean, realistically, it's Trump and Biden. Um, with more loyalty probably on the Republican side for Trump. So is it over? No. There is a lot of time to go. The economy consistently a top concern for voters uh, in this poll. I'll tell you this. This is not a good poll for for President Biden. For the first time, he's numerically behind uh, Trump. I mean, it's a very close race, but he's still behind him. Uh, He's lost ground on Israel a great deal. He's still not getting credit for an economy which actually is improving. 512, let's go down to Washington. Republicans going after Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Congressman Mike McCall, he's from Texas, pointing to record amounts of illicit drugs that continue to flow over the border. Sir, I would argue that you've been aiding and abetting the, the deaths and the criminal enterprise 
that has occurred in this nation. Much of yesterday's House Homeland Security Committee hearing focusing on the number of migrants whose names appear on the FBI's terror watch list. Look, I live in a border state you don't, and I've dealt with this issue for 25 years. I've never seen it this bad. 13 were caught costing just in the first month of the fiscal year. McCall says the head of Homeland Security should know that the policy is just not working. Seven million people. How are we going to deal with that? No legal status, human trafficking, fentanyls. The change of policy has created this problem. Republicans want to return to the Trump era remain in Mexico policy, which kept asylum seekers south of the border until their court hearing. Meanwhile, the uh, Texas House yesterday passing legislation that will spend one and a half billion dollars on border barricades. Border barrier infrastructure does include more than just the 30 foot walls. Um, They can include the buoys. So they're going to do what the federal government has not. The bill's author says the funding will not go towards razor wire that's been strung along the area, but they'll make it more enforced. The $1.5 billion will allow the state of Texas to get to over 100 miles of border barrier infrastructure. Of course, that falls on the taxpayers in Texas. It goes towards what we would consider construction ready in terms of these are deals that land that are in conversations or have already had the land deeded over to build this border barrier infrastructure. And that taking place as civil rights groups threatening to sue the state of Texas if a controversial law there is passed. It would allow police to arrest and detain people who they believe are illegally here. There's nothing unfair about ordering someone back from where they came if they arrived here illegally. Yeah, the bill by the state representative David Spiller headed to the state Senate there where it likely will pass. The ACLU, though, says if it's signed by the governor, they'll be forced to step in. The legislation, they say, is unconstitutional. It's a humane, logical, and efficient approach to a problem created and fostered by the Biden administration's failure to secure our border. Texas has the constitutional right, authority, and ability to protect its borders. The Supreme Court has previously ruled that immigration law can only be enforced by the federal government, not by individual states. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday Eve, Justin Ellick. Happy Friday Eve to you as well, Noam Laden. We'll get into uh, some local action from the last night. For the big news of the day, on the hardwood, the Knicks went on the road against the Atlanta Hawks by a score of 116-114. to 114. Jalen Brunson scored 24 points, including a pull-up jumper with uh, just under 19 seconds left. It sealed the Knicks win. Julius Randle led the Knicks with 29 points, while the Hawks didn't get much out of their guard duo of Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. They never seem to when uh, they do play the Hawks. Young, or when they do play the Knicks, I should say. Young had 15 points and Murray was held to 13. Tonight in Miami, the Nets are back on the court as they get set to face the Heat. Tip off there, scheduled for 7.30. On the ice in Vancouver, the Islanders fell in overtime to the Canucks last night. Final score, 4-3. Brock Nelson, Bo Horvat, and Pierre Engvall scored for New York. But the effort, once again, was not enough for the Isles, who have now dropped six straight contests. Clearly a staunch, uh, I mean, uh, with, whoa, hey now. Oh, they gave up three power play goals on six chances and are 11 uh, for 20 on the penalty kill during the losing streak. They'll be back at it tonight and try and get off the schneid with a 10 p.m. puck drop in Seattle against the Kraken. The Devils will be in action as well tonight in Pittsburgh, taking on the Penguins in what will be a 7 p.m. puck drop. And award news continues to trickle out of the world of baseball today. We've got a local winner, our very own New York Yankees ace Garrett Cole finally took home a Cy Young Award. Surprisingly, given his consistent dominance of the league over the course of his career, this is the first Cy Young Award for Cole, which he won unanimously. He has twice come in second and has finished in the top five 
three other times in his career. He became the sixth Yankees pitcher to win a Cy Young and first Roger Clemens, or, and first since Roger Clemens in 2001, following Ron Guidry, Sparky Lyle, Whitey Ford, and Bob Turley. Cole and Guidry are the only unanimous winners for New York. San Diego Padre Blake Snell took home the honors for the National League. This evening at 6 p.m., the winners of the 2023 MVP award will be announced on MLB Network. Shohei Otani, of course, is the front runner in the American League. Uh, as he always seems to be, ahead of t- uh, two Texas Rangers finalists and Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. In the National League, it's down to Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves, of course, along with uh, Dodgers and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Finally, Week 11 of the NFL season gets underway tonight with the 5-4 and four Cincinnati Bengals in Baltimore to meet the 7-3 and three Ravens on Thursday night football. Kickoff is scheduled for 8-15, and the Ravens head in as three-and-a-half-point favorites. No, that's sports, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519. Let's go out to the Middle East. The mess there continues. Israel Defense Force fighter jets striking the home of a Hamas leader in the Gaza Strip overnight as Israeli forces continue their operations into that enclave. Israel says the residents use as a terror infrastructure often served as a meeting point for Hamas's senior leaders to direct terror attacks against Israeli civilians. Terrorists uh, shot and wounded six Israelis this morning near the Tunnel Road checkpoint. That's between Gush Etzion and Jerusalem. Three Palestinian gunmen apparently arrived at the crossing by car, then opened fire on Israeli forces there who responded by shooting and killing those terrorists. Police say all of the wounded members of the security forces, the terrorists were apparently part of a Hamas cell and planned a much larger attack in Jerusalem. Now we're getting more information on the hostages. The latest one is, I mean, all of this is so distressing, but they're telling us a nine-month pregnant woman who was abducted by Hamas on October 7th from Israel has likely given birth in captivity. Now, they don't have any firm evidence of this, but they said that she would have because of the timing of her pregnancy. The woman assumed to have given birth because 39 days had passed since her abduction. Uh, They haven't publicly named who this person is. She's one of the 240 men, women, and children who were believed to have been taken from southern Israel into the Gaza Strip during Hamas's deadly terror attack uh, on October 7th. And then someone sent me... Someone sent me this video that just, of course, had me outraged. You know, you no doubt you've seen these videos of people ripping down these hostage posters across the city. And none, I'm usually not hot headed, but I had a moment yesterday. Someone sent me, emailed me this video of these creeps, this husband and wife team, no less, on the Upper West Side pulling down hostage, uh, uh, you know, uh, pieces of posters from a light post and somebody confronting them and then, you know, them calling Jews rapists. And I had a moment. I'm not a social media guy, but I went on and I wanted to find them to tell them that, uh, you know, that I wanted to take them out. But good thing I didn't because I'd probably get in trouble for doing that. But, you know, everybody's had those moments over the last couple of weeks watching this all. And then there was a demonstration that turned violent in the nation nation's capital last night. U.S. Capitol Police had to hold back nearly 200 Palestinian protesters outside the Democratic National Committee headquarters in D.C. last night. Yeah. People getting thrown down the stairs. 
Yeah, protesters getting into the shoving match with Capitol officers with the arrests. Uh, at least one for assault. Six Capitol officers suffering minor injuries. Pepper spray was used on these protesters. Uh, for a while, they locked down parts of the U.S. Capitol. Yeah, so six uh, Capitol Police officers injured in that protest last night. That as the head of the FBI warning the threat of a terror attack against Americans has increased to a whole other level due to the conflict in the Middle East. FBI Director Christopher Wray says terrorist organizations, including al-Qaeda and ISIS, have called for attacks on the U.S. and its allies. Since October 7th, we've seen a rogues gallery of foreign terrorist organizations call for attacks against Americans and our allies. Hezbollah expressed its support and praise for Hamas and threatened to attack U.S. interests in the Middle East. This comes as the war between Israel and Hamas continues. Across the country, the FBI has been aggressively countering violence by extremists, citing the ongoing conflict as inspiration. In Houston, we arrested a guy who'd been studying bomb-making and posted about killing Jewish people. FBI says it's working to stop any potential plots for attacks on Americans, whether here or abroad. While we are not currently tracking a specific plot, given that disturbing history, we are keeping a close eye on what impact recent events may have on those terrorist groups' intentions here in the United States. And they uh, go by that old saying, if you see something, say something. That may have been what took place in the Port Authority last night when someone reported that suspicious package. And the rise of anti-Semitism college campuses across the country in sharp focus as the Middle East war rages on. The head of the Anti-Defamation League says there's been some progress, but not nearly enough. George Washington University just suspended one of the worst actors, a group called Students for Justice in Palestine. Columbia suspended them as well. Brandeis suspended them as well. Comes the day after NYU was sued by Jewish students over anti-Semitism on the campus there in the West Village. 524, Mayor Adams expected to announce a series of citywide budget cuts today, and he says they will be painful. Mayor Adams warning all New Yorkers will feel budget cuts because of the migrant crisis. Adams expected to release details of his budget modification plan today. This is probably one of the most painful ex- exercises I've gone through. Deputy Mayor Sheena Wright says office vacancies and the cost of the migrant crisis forcing more cuts across the board. The resources are not there, and every single agency is going to feel the impact of these cuts. The mayor previously said the November budget update would include 5% cuts across all city agencies. He warns there would be another 5% cut coming soon if the city doesn't get substantial help from Washington. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. WABC News Time 525. There used to be a time where the best and the brightest from around the world only wanted to come here, but apparently that's changing. Switzerland takes the top spot for the smartest and most talented people according to the 2023 Global Talent Competitiveness Index by Business School INSEAD. The European country has held its crown for 10 consecutive years, benefiting from its high levels of social protection and the quality of its natural environment. Singapore came in second thanks to its highly educated labor force and innovative economy, followed by the U.S., which has climbed to third place after taking fourth in last year's ranking. Over the past decade, we've seen an unwavering link between a country's wealth and its talent competitiveness, with richer economies continuing to outshine poorer ones. Aaron Rael, NBC News Radio. Let's go down to Florida, where the singer Pink 
is uh, really upset about the book bans taking place in Florida. She has two concerts there, and so what she's doing now is giving away all the books that are banned in schools in Florida. The Hate You Give, The Kite Runner, The Great Gatsby, The Handmaid's Tale, Forrest Gump, Girls Who Code, Atlas Shrugged, To Kill a Mockingbird, The Color Purple. Yeah, those are some of the books that are on that ban list. Parental complaints led to about 300 books being banned, removed from Florida's public school libraries in the past year. 40% of all book bans are happening in Florida, and that's why I'm giving out books to anybody that wants them. Banned books to everyone that's coming to my shows in the Miami area. So last night in Miami, yeah, she had hundreds of copies of those books, giving it to concert goers. I'm not sure what these people think is going to happen to their kids when they go to college. If, God forbid, they read about a gay person, are they never going to meet a gay person when they're out of the clutches of these crazy people? 527, Jimmy Kimmel is once again set to host the Oscars. Kimmel will host the 2024 ceremony, marking his fourth time leading the award show. After hosting in 2017 and 2018, Kimmel returned this year as host as well, joining Whoopi Goldberg and Jack Lemmon as four-time hosts. Only Johnny Carson, Billy Crystal, and Bob Hope have hosted the ceremony more. The 96th Oscars will be held on March 10th. I'm Brian Shook. The opening bell, it rings this morning, Wall Street, after stocks closed up on Wednesday. October's producer price index, a measure of wholesale prices, it fell by a half a percentage point. This is the biggest monthly drop since April of 2020. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 163 points. S&P 500 rose by 7. The Nasdaq climbed 9 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Thursday, November 16th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, just a beautiful day on the way. High 65 tonight and overnight clear, low. 45 and Friday's going to be great too. Sun and clouds, high 66. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 41 and clear in Scarsdale up in Westchester County. 44 and clear in Asbury Park down in New Jersey. And it is 45 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour downtown at City Hall. There's this fundraising probe, of course, that is surrounding Mayor Adams. There is some thought. I mean, he has not been charged with anything. But there is some thought on the part of some party faithful Democrats that it's possible the mayor could be taken out by this scandal. So the question is, if he is, who then becomes mayor? Well, there are some people who would like that job. You have public advocate Jamani Williams. Uh, he would actually physically take over, I guess, if he was pushed out of office. He's next in line. Comptroller uh, Brad Lander, apparently it would be somebody who'd want to be the next mayor. State Senator Jessica Ramos uh, also could be interested. But none of those names, of course, are big and well-known. So, apparently, uh, Andrew Cuomo has been telling Democrats that, hey, if Mayor Adams is pushed out, I'm interested in 
the job. And uh, no doubt you've heard him here. He's been on 77 WABC. He's become a lot more present figure just out and about in New York over the last couple months post-scandal. Of course, it was the dark cloud that was over him when State Attorney General Letitia James um, corroborated the sexual harassment allegations against Cuomo by 11 women with the accusations ranging from him having groped one of his aides back when he was governor to having initiated creepy conversations about his dating habits with another. But Cuomo has always said none of that is true. And uh, we think uh, this is true, that he'd want the gig. Now, of course, all of that has to happen, right? The mayor would have to be taken down. And then Democrats would have to push for Cuomo. Not clear if either of those things happen, but apparently that's a gig he might be interested in. 534, out to Queens. A man hit and killed after attempting to stop two women from, or two men, I'm sorry, from breaking into and stealing his car in Queens yesterday. This happened middle of the day. This is like 3 o'clock, 85th Street and 25th Avenue in East Elmhurst. Uh, the people here glass breaking. They rush outside, including the owner of this BMW. He tries to stop them from stealing property in the car. There were a fair amount of eyewitnesses. There was a lady here that was like, oh, they're stealing, they're stealing. And uh, he ran off to see what was happening. And the guy was already coming out with, with, with something. And uh, he tried to basically stop them. Yes, yeah, so as he tried to stop the car, the owner of this BMW in East Elmhurst, he jumped onto the hood of the car. And um, the guy drove away, uh, the guy who was stealing the car, and the guy who owned the car who was on the hood hit his head, fell off the car and hit his head. Severe trauma to his head. What we just saw was him uh, latching onto the hood of the car and then falling out of it. Just for something like that to happen is weird, and then for something like that to happen in front of a lot of people, it's even more weird. So, Any idea what they stole from the car? Yeah. Did they actually take something? They apparently did. Oh, no idea what it was, but they did take something. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, this guy who owned the car, who fell off and hit his head, he died. Short time later at the hospital, police so far have not been able to find the two men who stole the vehicle. 535, the search is on for a missing award-winning Irish filmmaker here in the city. Police say Ross McDonald last seen leaving his Clinton Hill Brooklyn home. This was back on November 4th. And friends say... Everything seemed to be okay with him. In fact, this one friend says his bike and clothing were found a few days later at Fort Tilden Beach in Queens. Now, that isn't so strange because apparently he was a big-time swimmer. He um, is a great swimmer. He spent a good section of this year in Ireland swimming in the, the ocean there every single day. He's an, you know, he's an endurance athlete. Yeah, so McDonald, a well-known individual. In fact, he won an Emmy in 2021 for cinematography on the Showtime series The Trade. The NYPD says, yeah, they have now taken up this missing person's case, which they don't always do, and they've been passing around a flyer with his picture on it, but so far they have been unable to find him. WABC News Time 538. Let's go up to the Upper West Side. Hundreds of demonstrators taken to the streets yesterday in a show of support for the Palestinians in Gaza while demanding an end to campus censorship at Columbia University. Netanyahu has to be stopped. He is a, a cancer to the world. You're seeing people in large numbers coming out, right? There's, there's a reason for that. You can't watch what you're seeing and deny what's happening. 
Outside Columbia's administration building, 250 professors walked out in protest, joining students and alumni all furious over the university's decision to suspend the on-campus activities of two groups critical of Israel, one of them's Students for Justice in Palestine and Jewish Voice for Peace. Both of the student groups have been critical of Israel amid the ongoing war with Hamas in the Middle East. University officials say they organized an unauthorized event, and they say their rhetoric was threatening and intimidating to certain constituencies on campus, and that's why they've told them they no longer can protest there. You'll remember a few weeks ago, they had Jewish students on campus who said they felt physically threatened by these protesters, and I guess now Columbia has acted on that. Here was this group, though, that was saying that it was, uh, you know, stepping on their freedom of speech. Columbia is kind of censoring the pro-Palestine voices and has been pretty, like, explicitly pro-Israel. The university should be taking a stance to protect speech and protect um, the right of faculty and students to, to address these issues in an in a open and frank way. I would never ask anyone to censure their speech just because I disagree with it or because our disagreement makes me uncomfortable. But the university reiterating yesterday it respects the right to protest within its policies and procedures, but makes no apologies for enforcing these actions against those two groups. A horse handler being charged now more than a year after a carriage horse collapsed here in the city. You might have seen this video. It was 84 degrees back in August of last year when this horse rider collapsed in Hell's Kitchen, sparking calls to ban horse-drawn carriages in the city. That movement's been around for a while. The Manhattan DA alleges this 54-year-old handler of the horse, his name is Ian McKeever, tried to get rider to stand by repeatedly pulling the reins using a whip and yelling at this horse. Now, this horse died a short time later. Never harmed a horse in my life. It's taken them a whole year to decide to prosecute this case? Are you out of your mind? People have known about this. This case is politicized. That's Ian McKeever and his lawyer. McKeever been charged with overdriving, torturing, and injuring animals, and failure to provide proper sustenance. Animal rights activists applauding the charges. They say this kind of thing happens too often with carriage horses all across the city. There are so many other horses slowly being worked to death right now. We are documenting elderly, injured horses, similar to riders, still being forced to work in such bad shape every day. Rider, who was described as very frail, was suffering from significant health issues, had been euthanized several months after the incident. A mafia-related law enforcement search stretching now from New York City all the way to the Orange County suburbs, watching on yesterday as the FBI and NYPD used diggers and hand tools to search two farms, one in Campbell Hall on Tuesday, the other in Goshen yesterday. Apparently, this is all tied to a probe into the Gambino crime family. Now, this neighbor who lives next door to where one of the digs was taking place just happens to be a retired NYPD cop. It tells you a bunch of things. Could be guns, could be bodies, could be drugs. Who knows what's in there, you know, if there's anything. There's a lot of digging going on. Two Orange County properties being targeted as part of this probe. The second is 15 minutes away in Campbell Hall. Neighbors do say they had seen odd activity happen on one of these properties at all hours of the day. People meet at weird hours of the day at the end of the driveway. You hear strange noises and have bright lights inside the 
barn at night. It was just last week, 10 alleged associates of the Gambino family were arrested on extortion. Other charges, it's not clear if or how these Orange County searches might be connected. Ownership of both properties traced back to an address in Suffolk County in the town of Islip, but it's not clear if that is a member of the Gambino crime family or someone connected to it who owns these properties. 543, the House Ethics Committee in D.C. will now say, will not call for the expulsion of embattled Long Island Congressman George Santos. That's the word from the committee chair. Uh, He's Michael Guest from Mississippi. Guest says the panel's report, which could be released as early this morning, will not make any recommendations at all on Santos's fate. He said that would stretch the process into next year. He says members can make up their own minds about Santos, which many have, after reading the report. Again, which could be released today. George Santos says, uh, again, he stands by yesterday after hearing this news that he's done no wrong. I will take whatever comes my way the way it comes. I have no concerns and I don't have any premeditated uh, feelings on, on this. Santos faces multiple federal charges connected to his 2022 campaign charges of identity theft. He's also survived two expulsion efforts. The sponsor of one effort, of course, was Long Island Republican Nick LaLota, who says he'll introduce, an, introduce another motion to expel Santos after members have read that report. 544, New York City, launching a tele-mental health service for teenagers now. Mayor Adams says the platform called Teen Space will be available for free for all New Yorkers between the ages of 13 and 17. A place to share their problems and concerns and learn coping skills and resilience without having to travel or pay for therapy. Yeah, mental health, a big deal for teenagers these days. The service allows some of the youngest New Yorkers to connect with a licensed therapist through the phone, video, or text message. The goal is to combat the rise in levels of anxiety and depression among teenagers. As a father, as a doctor, as your health commissioner, this is a crisis. I see this as a crisis and one that demands immediate action because we're seeing youth mental health worsen every day in our homes, in our schools, in our playgrounds. Mayor Adams says he'll spend the next couple of weeks trying to spread the word about two kids to use this service. We want to use the traditional networks of getting the information out and uh, ensure that we could get as much as many young people as possible to see and be the endorsers of the product. 545 now. Let's head over to the 77 WEBC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam. I'll let him start here on the hardwood. The Knicks won in the road against the Atlanta Hawks. Best score 116-114. to 114. Jalen Brunson scored 24 points, including a pull-up jumper with uh, just under 19 seconds left that sealed the Knicks' win. Julius Randle led the Knicks with 29 points, while the Hawks didn't get much out of their guard duo of Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Young had 15, and Murray was held to 13. Tonight in Miami, the Nets are back on the court as they get set to face the Heat. Tip-off there is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. On the ice in Vancouver, the Islanders fell in overtime to the Canucks last night. Final score, 4-3. Brock Nelson, Bo Horvath, and Pierre Engvall scored for New York, but the effort once again was not enough for the Owls, who have now dropped uh, six straight contests. They gave up three power play goals on six chances and are 11 for 20 on the penalty kill during the losing streak. They'll be back at it tonight to try and get off the schneid with a 10 p.m. puck drop in Seattle against the Kraken. The Devils will be in action as well tonight in Pittsburgh, taking on the Penguins in what will be a 7 p.m. puck drop. Award news continues to trickle in out of the world of baseball, and today it's exciting locally as our very own New York Yankees ace 
Garrett Cole finally took home a Cy Young Award. Surprisingly, given his consistent dominance of the league over the course of his career, this is the first Cy Young Award for Cole, which he won unanimously. He has twice come in second and has finished in the top five three other times in his career. He became the sixth Yankees pitcher to win a Cy Young and first since Roger Clemens in 2001 following Ron Guidry, Sparky Lyle, Whitey Ford, and Bob Turley. Cole and Guidry are the only unanimous winners for New York. San Diego Padre Blake Snell took home the honors for the National League. This evening at 6 p.m., the winners of the 2023 MVP awards will be announced on MLB Network. Shohei Otani is the front runner in the American League, ahead of two Texas Rangers finalists in Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. In the National League, it's down to Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves, of course, along with Dodgers' Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And then finally, Week 11 of the NFL season gets underway tonight with the 5-4 and four Cincinnati Bengals in Baltimore to meet the 7-3 and three Ravens on Thursday Night Football. Kickoff is scheduled for 8.15 p.m., and the Ravens head in as three-and-a-half-point favorites. No, that's sports, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Let's get you up on the big stories of the morning. This is one of the more interesting ones out on Long Island. Gilgo Beach murder suspects Rex Huerman back in court yesterday facing a judge for the first time since his arrest, though. Huerman's estranged wife, Asa Ellerup, came to her husband's court appearance Ellerup's uh, attorney says that she's expected now to be in court every time going forward. And the word is now, and this might you might find surprising, is that she thinks her husband is not guilty of the crimes he's accused of. Here is um, Huerman's attorney. They were married for so many years and they raised a family together. And my understanding is, is that she doesn't believe that he was capable or committed these acts. Uh, so... He, he certainly appreciates that support. Different from what we may have thought, of course, uh, she asked to for a divorce right after he was uh, sent to uh, jail. Um, now she has gotten the deed to his house. He agreed to do that. Their house in Massapequa Park that they bought in the 90s for about $170,000 is worth about a half a million now. And um, But now apparently she's being followed around by some sort of documentary crew. I assume she's getting paid for, to, is covering this whole trial and her reaction to it. Of course, she still lives in the house the two own together. The prosecution yesterday turning over more evidence, including lab work for the case, 13,000 photos from the search warrant. The court appearance lasted just a few minutes, but we're hearing from Huerman's attorney that apparently Suffolk County police were about to make an arrest of someone else that wasn't Huerman. So they want more details on that. Uh, here's more from the attorneys yesterday. His wife, his family member, was able to see him and they talked. That, that was important to him. I don't, I don't agree with the position that it's a strong case. Apparently there was one moment in the courtroom yesterday where Huerman made eye contact with well, I guess we can call an estranged wife because he, she did ask for the divorce and uh, she smiled back at him. Ewerman charged with the murders of three of the Gilgo Beach victims, prime suspect in a fourth Gilgo murder. He has pled not guilty. He's due back in court on February 6th. Some chaos, confusion last night for passengers trying to catch buses at the Port Authority here in Manhattan, the terminal. 
shut down for a while after a suspicious package was discovered with the world on fire. Police taking no chances. No details provided about the package, which was found about 10 o'clock last night. They cleared out much of the Port Authority. Service was suspended for about 40 minutes until the all clear was given a word if there was an actual suspicious package or what it might have been. Out to New Jersey, where the race for Senate next year got a little more interesting. Of course, you have Bob Menendez, who is facing a federal bribery probe or trial. Um, he has said well, that he's going to run again next year. Of course, he'd have to survive that trial. Then you had uh, Andy Kim, a congressman from South New Jersey. If that name rings a bell, he was the one that in that viral video after the U.S. Capitol riots, who was there with like a dustbin and a broom cleaning up. He's running. And now First Lady Tammy Murphy, who is, of course, Phil Murphy's wife, now says she wants to be a senator from New Jersey. Murphy looking to replace U.S. Senator Bob Menendez, who is under indictment, accused of bribery. The wife of Governor Phil Murphy, Tammy Murphy, posted a video to social media saying one of the issues she's most focused on is helping young moms, arguing she felt privileged when giving birth. The money in our family's bank account and, frankly, the color of my skin meant I could get the best care available. But that's not the case for a lot of women. Murphy also mentioned her past working in finance. I was the only woman at the table, a challenge that led me to work twice as hard. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. Let's go out to San Francisco. That's where President Biden was meeting with Chinese President Xi yesterday. Uh, He had a press conference. This was about 1230 this morning. So that would have been uh, 930 San Francisco time. And uh, he said the meeting between the two leaders went well. As you know, I just concluded several hours the meetings with President Xi. And I believe there are some of the most constructive and productive discussions we've had. The president says the two built on the groundwork laid over the past several months of diplomacy. He says the two countries will now resume military to military talks that were cut off. You might remember when then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan last year. He says as well as they'll restore cooperation on reducing the amount of fentanyl that's shipped directly from China. So today, with this new understanding, we're taking action to significantly reduce the flow of precursor chemicals and pill presses from China to the Western Hemisphere. It's going to save lives. The president says they talked about a whole bunch of different issues in the mess in the Middle East and what's going on in Ukraine also were topics. But I think the only ultimate answer here is a two-state solution. It's real. we got to get to the point where there is an ability to be able to even talk without worrying about whether or not we're just dealing with, uh, they're dealing with Hamas that's going to engage in the same activities they did over the past, uh, on, on the 7th president now will make his way back to the White House. Let's bring it back here into New York. The FDNY joining forces with federal national partners now to promote lithium-ion battery safety. FDNY Commissioner Laura Kavanaugh says this is not only a New York problem, but a national one. This is a problem that every major city is facing. And I really want to emphasize this. These devices are dangerous in any place. There's a new video public service announcement that shows just how quickly these lithium-ion batteries can ignite fires and how destructive their toxic smoke can be. Kavanaugh says so far this year, there have been 141 fires, 76 injuries, and 13 deaths caused by those batteries. That's just crazy numbers.
A nice story uh, here in Brooklyn yesterday. Uh, This was actually last night. Newly inducted New York Supreme Court Justice Rachel Fryer breaking a bunch of barriers. She becomes the first Hasidic female judge to serve on the state's highest court. Here's what it sounded like she was being sworn in last night. According to the best best of my ability. ability. Congratulations, Justice. Newly initiated. No doubt it uh, changes the narrative of what we think about uh, Hasidic women. Many uh, coming together in Brooklyn last night uh, to celebrate them. Uh, two of the, her uh, those uh, were Friar's 100-year-old father-in-law, 99-year-old aunt. Uh, she says, uh, yeah, it's a great moment for her and a great moment for her family. I was cautioned. You'll never make it. You'll never get through college. You'll never pass through the LSAT. You'll never get into law school. Yeah, but now she is a state Supreme Court judge. 